You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, then you got to be like the Sandman and listen to the podcast called Extreme Rewind. It's Sports Arena and it's Extreme Rewind. Your weekly look into World Extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV. All the way to 401 with every pay-per-view special and ECW hidden in between. I'm myself, Paul, and I'm joined by Jay. <laughs> Jay, we haven't got there. <laughs> you sound depressed. Chum, are you all right? <laughs> it's just, um, it's you know, you do a countdown and suddenly that's it. You, you're done. Um, yeah, I mean... We've got wrap-up shows and we've got other things that we, we you know, we'll... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah don't be wrong. But... There's loads of extras, you know, for um, an extreme rewind type situation. There's still plenty of content that we've got coming and ideas we're throwing around sort but, of behind which is exciting. But... On the, on the block of the, the, the synopsis of the show, on the on what we were... Yeah, on the... You know, talking about what would be interesting to do four years ago? It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but from the episode one to 401 or Eastern to Extreme and everything in between, all the yeah, all the little taglines we've had. Yeah, this is um yeah, this is the, we the have, final final pay per view. With the exception of the old the newer stuff of the one that stands and um uh the ECW the WWE ECW. Yeah, we have oh, oh, and you know a couple of super shows that came on after we'd gone past them. We have watched every single part of original ECD, ECW content that the network has. Yeah, which is um, crazy. Bizarre, really. isn't it? it is bizarre because like it's, it's <laughs> been ages. Get well, no, I mean, yes, two thousand's been a bit rough and it's kind of weird because I was, I was looking to 2000 so much because obviously Carino and all that the kind of you realize as soon as it hit TNN how many people sort of left I mean obviously we'll probably do a bit more of a deep dive next week because we'll do rundown of loads of stuff yeah. multiple Mount Rushmore's and and favorite bits and years and all kinds of stuff next week's gonna be a fun show so make sure you check that out just as a you know, if you don't listen to all the reviews, just as the ECW show in general, we're just going to be talking a lot of ECW stuff, which is um, which is cool. But as pay per view goes, this is the final pay per view. Guilty as charged, two thousand one. First off, generally people were in attendance for this. Um, where was this? Um, what a fantastic question! I think I did take a photo was of it. Hammerstein. It was the Hammerstein. Again, like, became, like I said, it became very much an ROH um, venue. I don't know, we discuss every time. But it's, um, it wasn't like, massive, was it? I mean... No. So it, they only do kind of like two and a half, three thousand. Yeah, Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah, two and a half. And, you know, that, that could have been a legit sellout, but... You're not doing much more than that because it's, it's a small little space, isn't it? Exactly. So I never realised old um the hardcore ref was um HC Lock, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't realise he was the the guy who went on to be um 
ROH tag champion and all that. All right. Yeah. No, I just, Joe, I always sort of like, it's weird because I always knew like, it's really weird because he's got the same fucking name. <laughs> but I've always like sort of seen him and sort of known he was ROH champion, but never really clicked when he was ECW. And I suddenly realised he's the fucking, yes, he is. Well, he was, he was decent, but he comes a hell of a worker. Like, he's, um, He's decent. I mean, he was, he was decent in, in the bits he was doing here. It's just, it, you know, it's just a it's, shitty it's, gimmick. Exactly. You know, you've got the, 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 the good wrestling referee and the bad wrestling referee, and, you know, they yeah. don't need to be referees. No, of course not. But, um, well, for any length of time, you know, they could have been referees. If you, if you really need to introduce them as referees, then fine, but you don't need to, uh, to do it that way. Okay. Yeah, no, so we do a run for the pay-per-view and I've obviously got the results um, from the last ever ECW house show, which is a little bit after. So we'll run through, I'll read the results for that as well. So I was going to say it kind of gives you a direction of where they're going, but it doesn't. <laughs> well, so I was interested in, in having a conversation about, you know, what do you think happens next on this? So the, the, the results would be good because some of the decisions coming out of this are bizarre in a in a weird kind of hard reset kind of way um so yeah it's, it'll be interesting it'd be interesting to kind of hear about you know what plans are being laid um you know who who, who managed to make an impact and various other things oh, definitely well that's that's interesting in itself but yeah we'll get to that near the end um show kicks off with a really long intro video i thought this was an intro video but this wasn't actually the intro video. Nah. I'm, I'm not sure if this was going to be like a. They did a lot of Rage Against Machine, like sort of Renegade of Funk videos at this point. I didn't know if it was going to be one of them to kick off the show. But it was just kind of. Um, it was a kind of. Oh, like, not really anything. Not really anything. It was, I, I just thought it was the normal ECW with a WWE dub, but it's just a very long highlight video yeah. ready for the pay per view. It kind of had um, Linkin Park style vibes, but. Uh... I don't think that time kind of lines up, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, no, it's um, I'll check when Lincoln Park were well. So, now, um, oh, is it is extreme ads on YouTube show a lot of the old bits? They're, they've got a great channel, they'll show you a lot of the promo videos with um, original music, and obviously, throughout our journey. We've used them for loads of stuff where you go back and actually check it where it was with original songs. And the Hybrid Theory like uh, was released 24th of October, 20, uh, 20, 24th of October 2000. So yeah, been around. We, were, we, were, we were, you know, three months into the new metal explosion. Oh, wow. There you go. Totally around this time, um, Heyman reached out to Billy Corgan as well, asked if he wanted to. Invest a million pounds into ECW, and he said, "No, I'll hold on for twenty years and buy TNA uh, NWA." Basically, <laughs> yeah. Well, we never got over throwing the belt down. Always had a grudge. Quite right too. Uh, so the show kicked off with Joe Styles and Joe Gurney in the ring. Uh, welcome everyone to New York City. Um, talk about a few bits. Um, Joe Gurney obviously talks about the Dudley Boys briefly again. And brings out sort of a future tag team, which is Jork and Matthews. They make their way onto the ring. They are jumped uh, by the Baldies. 
Um, and sort of battered by the Baldies before Cyrus and Lynn sort of come out. It then sort of leads to like a quote-unquote match, York and Matthews versus Lynn and Cyrus, which only lasts about two minutes. But basically, it's just basically Cyrus sort of comes in the ring and, and pins him. It's a very strange um, opening. But, um, yeah. And, and you know, talking about like where things are going, it's very strange that... Um... You know, you've got York and Matthews and the Baldies and York and Matthews and, and Cyrus and Lynn. Um, it yeah, definitely, I mean, I mean, it goes obviously the night, but it does kind of feel like there was a, a Cyrus faction, not not new network, but yeah, faction. It was like Lynn, Baldies, and spoiler, Rhino. It felt like something was, there was definitely a thing happening with them. And that was probably sort of one of the most interesting things that sort of... Yeah. So if, we'll get to if more, they're all on one side, then I don't know who the players on the other side would be. <laughs> um, so Jerry Lynn's in, in the ring after this, cuts a promo, uh, said that um, it's York and Matthew's job to make the stars look good. He's built 12 fucking years making everyone look good. No more. Um, he's the whole fucking show. RVD isn't here. And he only wants to wrestle in the main event from now on. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, it's good. I mean, this is a better Lynn character than the guy sitting there with glasses on at the back going, you want a good match? I'll give you a match this weekend for a match. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit like this This guy, he's not megastar. He's not being saying that he's not. He's just sort of, he's fucking bored of being the job guy and making everyone else look good. And I think it works. I, I agree, and and you know it's it's always these things are you know said that it's where the best gimmicks are, where it's kind of like personal things turn up to eleven. You could see this being a lot of his his real frustration in some of this coming through. Um, you know he has consistently had some of the best matches on the night. Um. But isn't anyone's choice? No, so I think it um, it works. We get another intro video now, which is like the real kind of ECW intro video. Um, no entrances with this, and a lot uh, no entrances tonight. I don't know if it's a, a pay per view thing or just an edit thing, but not a lot of people really had entrances going on. No. Um, we cut so basically the ring. We have got Doran and Roadkill defending their titles against Hot Commodity. So, what did you think of their um, their first title defense here? Uh, it, it was it was decidedly mediocre. Uh, I mean, it was all right. It was it wasn't anything. I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't think they really kind of clicked as a team. I think they it was one of those matches where everyone was, you know, fairly desperately trying to get their shit in, but. Um, you know, it was fine. I, I think one of my problems with it is um, uh, Hot Commodity seem to be trying to do Danny Doring's old gimmick. Um, whereas Danny Doring, to some degree, is still doing Danny Doring's old gimmick. So it's kind of hard to differentiate between the lot of them. Um, but it all, you know, as, as every Hot Commodity match seems to feel like, it just feels like it's waiting for 
it to just snowball into the next match, which would be the third member of Hot Commodity, probably Chris Hamrick, versus whoever's run out to make the save. A little bit on the way. Yeah, I mean, Hot Commodity in a weird sort of sort of place where you feel like they could, they've got all the ability to be like, proper heels, but they just don't really talk or do anything. They just sort of just come out. Yeah, no one really cares about them. No, but they're, they're um, great workers, ridiculous workers. Like some of the spots they do, even like the diving through the ropes, missing the bit, they're, they're insane. You know, obviously, sort of Hamrick's great, um, easy money's ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're, they're good. They just, um, yeah. It's kind yeah, of they weird. hadn't quite clicked, though, had they? They hadn't quite got to that level yet. They weren't, they no, weren't slick. No, but like I said, every, everything they do is generally just purely working on sort of numbers game and stuff like that. So easy money. Yeah. He used to be a stripper, you know. Yep, still know that. <laughs> so yeah, so Dorian and Roku do pick up the win. After the match, like you said, they're, they're then attacked by all members of Hot Commodity, which leaves um, Nova to run down and make the save. With music that no one recognises. <laughs> I thought that. And I thought, I don't fucking recognise this. But then you get some weird WWE edit. I thought, it's nice they went out their way, though, to make an even weirder version of the version that no one recognised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I recognised it even less than I recognised the last one I didn't recognise. Which I thought was quite funny. Um, so basically we get Nova versus Hamrick. During this match, Chetty and Louis return. This is the same Chetty who lost to lose Lee's town match two pay-per-views ago. Yeah, but I thought it was quite funny. So basically, Spike came out. Louis then cut a promo saying um, he would never call himself a Dudley. And he knows that Chetty lost a lose Lee's town match. And then ended up Chetty having a fight with Nova. And somehow Spike becomes a special referee. And then Nova won. Yep. Welcome back. So that, that happened. Um, cut to the back. Carino promo, first promo of the night for him. Said that he's the world heavyweight champion, and people didn't think he'd be anything in ECW. And now he is. This is basically serious Carino again after about three weeks of you know sort of goofy Carino pay per view night. He's suddenly serious Carino again. Yeah. Which again, like you, you could have done with this more on the on the show, but is what it is. Uh, we dive straight into I guess our first, maybe our, our only advertised match of the pay per view: Tommy Dreamer versus C W Anderson in a I Quit match and a tap 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 match, tappy tap match. Uh, this is given a hell of a lot of time. Yep. Um. Fairly brutal in parts as well. Uh, it is brutal in parts. I liked it that basically they, they started fighting during the intro. I thought that was a cool little, a simple yeah. spot because they just didn't want to wait around for crap. They literally just started going at it straight away. Um, the backstory of the last pay-per-view, Towboy, plays into effect here as Towboy comes in, gets involved, sort of fucked up his spot a little bit. Yeah, I didn't need the return of Towboy. Well, personally. It's just such a thing, isn't it? So he sort of comes in, sort of does that, um, 
They explain who Tailboy is and why he's there about ten times. Yeah, just again, just it. just ramming that home just in case there's any doubt as to what's going on. I think we get um, a lot of presents that handed to Dreamer. We opens up, he gets like sort of barbed wire and and stuff like this. And in the end, he um, he does get ZW Anderson to tappy tap tap, and Dreamer picks up the win. Which um, I don't mind because. Of, I can't remember the last time Dreamer really won. No, especially in a feud. Um, and I'm sure this was this was expected to run and run. That's the thing. Um, I mean, he kind of did his career, uh, not Karina, his just incredible stuff. And he's sort of just been... still waiting for the promo about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for the promo about it. He refused to speak about it for months. Um, so, I mean, looking into that, because, I mean, you know, obviously, the reason he didn't give us the promo is he was introduced... Interrupted by Simon Diamond, and that led to all of this. You know, bearing in mind there's so much about you know bad back and not being able to move and blah blah blah. I was expecting far more kind of back offense from CW. I thought he was going to be like you know just trying to cripple him, and it was very much kind of like oh work the ankle. Yeah, you you keep talking about this this you know broken back you've got. Why not just kick him in the fucking back? Well, yeah, I mean, impact players used to block on his back and all that, and that they sort of. Yeah. And do you know why not? Because he's an Anderson. <laughs> Anderson. Anderson's a loss. Anderson's don't lose. Anderson's don't tap, apart from the Anderson that taps. We didn't get Carino in the back again talking to Francine. Um, yeah, I, I I love Francine. I adore Francine. I think Francine is amazing. I, I'm I am absolutely in love with with the sassy princess that is Francine. I didn't need this segment. Is this the one with um, Just Incredibles with Missy Hyatt? Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. I it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone's having sex, and some people aren't having sex. But even the ones who aren't having sex are trying to have sex with people who aren't having sex. It's lovely. It's, it's it's adorable. It's it's a it's a tale as old as time. That's the thing. But you've gone from this, you know, no one takes me seriously. I'm the world heavyweight champion. I'm gonna do this and that. To then sort of frying them in this segment, they just didn't need to, but it happened. Um, next up, Whitbrick and Jerry versus Cash and Crazy versus the FBI. Given about 13 minutes for this one. It's kind of everything you expect. A lot of quick tags, back and forth. Um, crazy spots, great wrestling, yeah, uh, yeah. Man. I mean, it, it was interesting because it started off a little bit, um, a little bit bumpy. There, there was a couple of botches, there were a couple of slips, there were a couple of missed spots, and I was, I was, I, I, it would not catch you unless you've watched them wrestle a million times and you know how slick they usually are. Um, but you know, they they very quickly got into their rhythm and and. Uh, went off to do amazing things. <coughs> yeah, no, it's good. I mean, um, yeah, Cash and Crazy got eliminated, left with um, Mikey, Tajiri and FBI going at it. So obviously they all sort of run good and, and Whitbreck and Tajiri did win this time. They did. Not to get confused with times when they don't win. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. It was, it was a nice little, again, these teams all made sense to sort of do what they were doing and and do that, and it was good. Um, we get a Sandman promo out of the back. It says he's got no problem handing the belt back over. Um, 
he basically says the king of the extreme. If you've got a match of ladders, tables, chairs, and right. all this, yeah, who do you think is going to win? Kind of thing. I mean, it was it was it was one of the best Sandman programs we've seen in a long time. I appreciate that's a low bar because he's not been allowed to cut a lot of promos, and most of the time it's just like, yeah. Um, but uh, I thought this was really good. I thought it was a good way of, of you know, I, I loved his intensity for it. He looked serious. He looked he looked up for it. Um, yeah, friend of the show, Sandman, doing all the stuff we know he's been able to do for the last eight years at this point. Yeah, it's just a shame he wasn't given more promo time the last six months, yep. really. But or wins. Yeah. Um Simon Diamond Swinger that are in the ring. Uh Swinger calls out the Blue Boy for the services of Blue Boy Management. Yeah, Blue Boy Management, so that's fine. Um we then basically have Balls Behind and Chili Willy versus Simon and Swinger. This match basically ends after a minute after we get no constant, uh, no sort of contest because Rhino hits the ring and just murders everyone, including Paul Draven, Jasmine St. Clair off the second rope. Yeah, so uh, this is this is the unhinged, you know, addicted to violence Rhino. So basically just runs in and destroys everyone. Uh, yeah. Faces and heels alike, um, and then Jasmine Sinclair takes the most ridiculous bump we've seen in quite a while with a, a, a power driver from the second rope. Um, I mean, bearing in mind she's the one out of this setup that isn't trained in any way, shape, or form. Um, stunning bump to to just like you know for your first bump to take. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit weird, kind of like you know. Why? Why? Why is he beating up all the heels? He's just—I uh, wouldn't say he's like a tweener, but he's just—he's just a violent, pure violence. I don't care. He's, but, he's crazy, but he's sort of. But surely the idea of Simon and Swigger and Sean Marie, for that matter, is they get the fuck out of there because they're the cowardly chicken shit heels well, who, yeah. who who just want to get out. You know, Chili Willy going toe to toe for him a second. You do kind of sit there and go, "Is there?" Uh... That one of your future things you're laying there is that a chili willy and well they had that they had a match one? before didn't they? they had a match on um was it TNN mm. and we said it was probably the person who put up the best fight against Rhino for a long while he he put quite a lot in before he was sort of caught and I think um yeah I do think they've got a lot of stock in sort of chili willy I wouldn't be surprised if it had um happened it would have been easy to see what happened to the TV title whether he gave it up as a tournament or or what? But um, he made them promo at the back, um, basically saying he's not done, he's not fucking done. Mm-hmm. He headbutt things and punch things and just rhino it. I, I'm a sucker for these rhino promos. I really am at the moment. He just. I mean, they yeah, they've they've hit a, a run, haven't they? They've just they've just suddenly become like just... so deranged that they're perfect. He's just so angry. It's perfect. So good. Um, coming out of that, we have the ECW World Heavyweight Title match, which feels like you know, it really she's in about the fourth match in. It's mental. I know. I mean, so I'm looking at the match lengths here, and it's you know, two minutes 41, 10 minutes and six seconds, five minutes 30, 14 minutes, 
13 minutes, 48 seconds. And then we're into this one, which is 13 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, it's, what, 10, 20, 30, maybe an hour and a half? Probably not even. Let's see. I mean, the show in itself, I think, was about two hours and five minutes or something. This is crazy, really, for a pay-per-view. Yeah. But, and, um... and it's... it's spoilers, it's it's kind of front-loaded because there's a 25-minute surprise main event. So that that takes up a big chunk of the, the, the run time. Yeah. The um, thing is, imagine if you were there and you didn't think there was going to be a surprise main event. And you just kind of sit there and think, holy shit, this pay-per-view's done in an hour and a half. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Mental, All right, well, Zaman's one. Let's, let's, uh, let's go and beat the traffic. Um, so heavyweight title match tables, ladders, chairs, canes free row match, Sandman, Justin Incredible and Carino, these ones are given about 13 minutes um, not bad I mean Carino I would say works more as a heel than a face in this match Yes. him and Credible are teaming up a lot Yes. Um, considering him and Credible have had issues for the last how long Uh, Sandman obviously doing the bits. There's a few awkward bits where um, they have a lot of issues with the ladder sort of breaking. Sandman eventually brings out a massive ladder and someone raises the belt and they make this into a thing like it's a thing. Like, who's raising the belt? Who's raising the belt? Like, it was going to be a story where they did it to screw the Sandman or from winning it or something. Well, but it it was... was Stealing it from, um, from Credible and and Carino. So it's it's whoever it was was a face, wasn't he? Because they must have been on the side of Sandman, who's the good guy in the match. So I'm assuming it was someone good cheating. It's weird. It was just very weird because it wasn't ever really a. A thing, I, I feel literally they just did it in production, moved the belt up higher because suddenly the ladder was too big for where the belt was. Because otherwise the ladder would have gone past the belt. Yeah, and they just kind of would have picked it up on yeah. the way up. It was, it was just, a very weird kind of thing, but, but yeah, they, they, they did. Massively made a thing about it when I don't think they should have. Um, but eventually Sandman did win. And became the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Again, I feel like he should have grabbed this belt earlier. But obviously, I, I think Credible, Carino, Lynn have all had good runs. So it's kind of hard to fit where it is. But Sandman was so hot when he came back, it would have really benefited him yeah. just to give this guy the belt for a minute. Um, after the match, the Baldies run down again, start attacking everyone. Carino and Justin Credible then brawl off. I think that's the thing. We're all off with the bodies. So before that, though, they both stand there staring at the Sandman for a little while and then both shake his hand. Oh, of course. Oh, you've got to finish with a respect angle, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I sort of just bypass the respect angles now. I kind of just... I understand that, but, you know, I, it, it, leading to my question of, like, you know, where no, things are wrong. going... 
I just, I just don't even think like he's on purpose. I think I just see so many. I just almost just like zone out with them all. But um, no. it does feel a little bit overdone in the however many years we've been watching this. So yeah, I can understand that. Uh, so they then brawl to the back with them. Rhino comes out as Sandman's laying down, grabs the mic, and potentially comes out with the line of the night, where he says, "Why the fuck am I the TV champion?" when this promotion doesn't even have a TV deal. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what's going on? It's just crazy, isn't it? Because you just do... The the signs are so obvious with all of this that they're just sort of, like, fucked at this point. Yes. And it's it's kind of sad that he's... uh, and uh, he basically says, uh, tells Sandman facing, or he's, he's going to kill his family, basically. Yeah. Poor old Laurie. <laughs> Just can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do I do not understand why the he's Sandman continues to bring his family to the ring, bearing in mind, you know, Fullington's just been killed. Laurie Fullington's been killed. God knows how many times in this. this is, there hasn't been one good experience from it. She's either running off with the wrestler, whole leaders, yeah, and leaving him for months, or she's kicking the crap out of her. I would just be like, Do you know what? Or shacking up with Tommy Caro. <laughs> hey, your bills, Tommy. It's just like you just give it up, wouldn't you? You wouldn't bother. Never worked out. No. Um, so the match does happen. Same man says, Ring the, ring the fucking bell. Um, and Rhino ends Beats up him. defeating, yeah, defeats him within a minute. There's a good few near falls. They kind of do it, but basically, Sam ain't got no offense in really, just kind of got battered and eventually couldn't kick out anymore and lost. Cyrus gets in the ring, declaring Rhino the undisputed the best wrestling champion and calls out anyone who's got the guts to bring it. Um, RVD's music hits at this point. He comes out and faces off with Rhino. And this is the point where ECW fucked it, in my opinion. Because this was the moment to give RVD the belt. Like every everything was just <clears throat> so insanely hot for this. So uh, I feel that this is one of the things that we will be reflecting on when we look back at episode one all the way to four hundred one. But yeah. there have been so many moments where they just tried to hold on for just too long missed the window, missed the opportunity and butts the opportunity because they just didn't pull the trigger in time. Well, like um, this was, this to me was, I know like Rhino just had like a one minute match and it, it heelish, but he always fights and this should have been it. It really could have been it so much if RVD just said, fuck it, let's go right now. Rhino character wise, 100% would have accepted and RVD could have won the heavyweight title and you had like a a switch on a switch on a switch and you'd have left people thinking what the hell is going on. But it would have got people talking because you'd have been like, the heavyweight title just changed like 20 times at the end. It was mental. And RVD yeah. was the biggest star. So if you're looking for a TV deal, he's the guy you want a belt with. Not some guy who keeps saying he's going to fucking kill people and shit down their necks and all this. Yeah, I mean, you can't throw, you can't show a single Rhino promo uh, to a TV exec because it needs to be drastically beat. 
That's the um, thing. And it's not really gets right. He was fucking great. But like you said, it's just not something you could go to a TV network. It's with not RVD, Yeah. With RVD, you could literally almost turn up to sort of executive, hand him nine million wrestling magazines at the time and go, look, look at every one of these charts. We've got the number two wrestler in the world. Yeah. And here's a, a, a seven minute highlight reel of him having matches with a load of people. And then yeah. you can wrap around that, you know, his you know, Sam Mann and Steve Austin, his Holy, his That's the thing. Just literally like, hey, do you know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is? Yeah, of course you do, he's a megastar. Well if you look at this wrestler of top wrestler of the month, he's number one and RVD's number three. Do you know what I mean it had yeah. that sort of like but yeah, what um happened is uh, Jerry Lynn came out and attacked him and we ended up with um Jerry Lynn and R V D. Now this as much as I thought what should have happened as a final ECW show, this is very much last Nitro, Ric Flair versus Sting as the yeah. final match quite a territory. If there was a last match to have in ECW, this would sort of, with the roster they had, this would be like the Makes match. Makes sense, yeah. If it ended with Rhino winning it, you would have thought, that's cool, but it's a shame that was the last thing. When this is very much the last match that should happen in ECW with the current roster. So obviously you get these two in another classic. Goes on about 20 minutes. RVD picks up the win. Obviously he'd... <coughs> you'd imagine to be going forward in a feud with Rhino. And um, yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, it was a very good match. They don't have bad matches. It, it wasn't my favourite of their matches. Um, and that's not just because Jerry Lynn was wearing biker shorts. Um, uh, it, it, it didn't have some of the questions. I mean, you know, Jerry Lynn's barely wrestled. RVD's not wrestled for months. I think some of that showed. I think there is a certain <laughs> amount of, of RVD mystique that's lost without um, uh, uh, Bill Alfonso uh, on his side. Joel Gertner runs in to do some of the spots with him, but it's not quite the same. Um, it's It's, you know, they don't have bad matches, but I, I, if you're going to tell someone to go and watch an RVD Jerry Lynn match, I don't think this is the one. No, it's, it's not. I mean, I think Living Dangerous and that forever be probably like, yeah. you know, Finland. Yeah, exactly. They'll always be the best sort of ones that you sort of look at of them. But it's, um, it's, it's a good match. Like I said, it worked. But I think apparently uh, Lynn was. That's pretty much done at this point. He didn't turn up with his gear. That's why he had to wear a biker shorts. He borrowed it off someone else and used even mm. like tape to make him to fit because he didn't fit him because he was just so done at this point because he hadn't been paid for sort of so long. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, and to end the show, we had sort of interesting, like obviously we'd heard rumours um, about this the whole way through, but I never realised it's actually ever officially officially a thing. Um, Carino and Justin Incredible basically cutting a promo, saying they've been fighting for ages, but um, about them working together and basically declaring themselves the new Impact players. Yeah, I mean, so there's a weird tease at the beginning of here, which was a little bit disappointing, which was, you know, Francine's first statement to camera is, you know, I've one man won't satisfy me. I need three. And I thought, 
triple. Oh no, impact players. Okay. Um, uh, and I, I would have preferred them to do something with the triple threat, but that's just, you know my own preferences. Um, yeah, you know he doesn't like me, and I don't like him, but we're we we've got each other's backs. Cool. And um, yeah, that's basically that's that's how it ends. So we've got the triple. Th- we not the triple. Threat, we've got the impact players, the new impact players. Yeah. Who look like their faces? I, I guess their face. I mean, it looks like their faces coming out of it. You would imagine Cyrus with a hill group, Baldy. Lynn and Rhino. Yeah. Triple threat. Take, tra- no, still not triple threat. Still uh, triple threat. Impact players are trying to fight through the Baldies to get to Rhino. Yeah, RVD will be going straight to Rhino. And Sandman will be coming out. So you'd almost do a four on four if you wanted it. Yeah. Not they would because they wouldn't have any other matches because the roster's not War games. But it, it was sort of almost leading to... Um, that sort of bit, wouldn't it? You'd imagine. Yeah. Um, the interested reality is Steve Carino left the next day and signed for WCW. Jeez. Because payments were so bad, he basically left. Dusty hooked him up. He was meant to debut at Sin, but it never happened. And obviously ended up... Um, getting released by WWE when they sort of bought out. That's what really happened. So they didn't even last a week to um, get anything happening with them, which is crazy. Because obviously their last ever show, which is a house show, basically you had Nova versus um, Tom Marquez, uh, York and uh, Matthews versus Hot Commodity again, Tajiri versus Crazy, um, tag team title match ended up being Dorian and Dreamer versus the FBI because um, Roadkill was um, he had problems getting in the country, a transport problem. Right. Okay. But um, yeah, so he was taken off that. Um, Louis Dangerously and CW did a promo where they were interrupted by Jack Victory, and it ended up with Jack Victory versus CW Anderson because like, Carino had gone. Is weird. Wow. Um, Michael Shane was, um, I didn't realize he was doing rounds from at this point. I'm sure Michael's uh, cousin, TNA future legend, legend Lucy, and TNA. alumni of the Sean Michaels Wrestling Academy. Yeah, I didn't realize he was, um, he was with him at this point. And yeah, he, um, he wrestled on this car against uh, Stan Lee, not that Stan Lee. Excelsior. Maybe, maybe that Stan Lee. But yeah, he was, um, he was there. Um, Rhino defeated Spike Dudley for the heavyweight title, or defended the heavyweight title against him. And the, I think the main event, yeah, Sandman versus um, Just Incredible with Francine. And obviously that's when everyone else came out of the other end to sort of have a big hug and a, and a kiss. And Dreamer sort of gave him a bit of a speech and had a bit of a beard bash where they sort of like knew it was the end but didn't know it was the end. It's, it's weird. Then, so how long after that does Paul Heyman turn up on WWE? Uh, it was long soon. after, is it? 
It was so hard before March. It was just before WrestleMania. So if you feel, because there was a, was it Living Dangerously, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, so Living Dangerously was, was due to air on March the 11th and got cancelled in February. Yeah. So yeah, it was basically advertised, advertised, and they weren't sure it was going to happen. And apparently they said when they saw Heyman turn up on Raw, then it was over. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, mental. Really, what's, mental. what's strange ending? It feels it feels incomplete, doesn't it? It feels it does. I mean, you you could tell that they weren't winding down. That they really thought that they were going to get a deal, and it almost makes it. Um, but at the same time, you could tell they were hemorrhaging talent. You know, they 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 don't have. I mean, it feels like a very threadbare show. Um, yeah, massively. I mean, the fact that you've got a pay per view, and realistically, you're struggling to get two hours out of it. Yeah, and rough. Your your booking is, you know, and then Rhino comes and destroys them, and then Rhino comes and destroys them, and and Jerry Lynn cuts the promo, and then Jerry Lynn does a match, and you know, it's it's it it feels very light in regards to talent, and very light in regards to star power. Um. And, you know, you can kind of sense the morales all over the place. You know, it's not as much as it's a surprise. It's probably not a surprise that Carino just walked straight out afterwards because he, he, he feels angry in a way that isn't about a wrestling program. Yeah, no, it's just... Um... Oh, it's just so crazy, but... Um... Yeah, and like I said, the impact players didn't get a chance to do anything. It was just like disband. Yeah, which is um is mental, really. So it occurred to me before we before we wrap up the show and you know all the bits that we're doing, it occurred to me that we talked off air. You know, you mentioned there about Torino going to WCW after being hooked up by the American Dream. We talked off air about his his name and his ECW run and we talk about ECW still uh, being you know reflected and still influencing today's product. He was at the heart of a very big promo leading to the main event of WrestleMania this year. Well yeah, I mean like you said, like you've always gone throughout the whole journey, you've sort of referenced ECW influence everything. And then um, like I said, yeah, Cody Rhodes and um, Paul Heyman had a promo. We already said before Cody Rhodes and Steve Carino yeah. In Ring of Honor, we created the Dusty Crino promo. And um, yeah, again, um, he, he, refer- he brought up the fact about Dusty going to ECW and fighting Steve Carino. And um, it's just a cool sort of like name drop. And yeah, like I said, and, the fact and, that that comment's still relevant. And how, how important um, ECW was in the rebirth of, of the dream. And, you know, we wouldn't have seen him in. WCW without it, we wouldn't have seen him with Scott Hall without it, we wouldn't have seen him, um, we wouldn't have seen, you know, he may not have been the same dream to then do SCW, then do the Performance Centre stuff, you know, to, to, to kind of be back in the fold for the Dusty Classic and things like that. It may not have, um, it may have been very, very different. We may have had an entire generation of superstars 
who did not learn promo class from Dusty Rhodes, um, who are now you know up there in the main event because he was he was as as Cody told flat broke and and the shell of himself. Mm. And it's interesting because obviously when they do the proper video package, who's to say they're not going to use footage of this yeah. match as well? So it could. All going to be relevant with everything, so no, um, yeah, interesting, nice, nice sort of a uh, nice full cycle, yeah, way to sort of go. The fact that it's sort of mentioned on this week. Um, I have to ask you, Jay, what's your match of the week? Um, I think next week I'll ask you the match of the journey, which will really put you on. <laughs> oh, spot. god, no, no, uh, well, out of episode one, all the way to four, right, including all the pay per views, but you know, my favorite match of all time was. Um, I, I think it was probably the unholy, unholy alliance versus the FBI versus Cash and Super Crazy. Um, it, that was great. RVD and Jerry Lynn was great. Um, Sandman Carino and and credible was was better than it had any right of being. I, I think that that was let down by the ladders. I think my problem with all of them is none of them were as good as the previous ones we've seen of them. Yeah. So whilst I think Unholy Alliance, Cash and Crazy, uh, Crazy Cash, and um, FBI was great. Again, if you want to watch that, go back and watch the previous one because it was I think it was better. I think this one was good, but it, it, it was a little sloppy in points. Obviously, Jerry Lynn is always an amazing match, but again, it wasn't my favourite of their, their series. So that's why I, I sound a little reticent because it's, it's not their greatest match, but it was the greatest match of the night, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Um, I guess at this point, I just want to say thank you for everyone to coming along this part of the journey with us. Um, obviously, next week we'll be back with a, a, a look at everything. Like we said, we've got some cool bits planned. We can do Mount Mushmore of talent, Mount Mushmore of like tag teams. Um, and overall, for everyone that's been following the show, we do the Mount Rushmore every 25. We're going to work out for who's been in it the most, who actually falls into the Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmore's. Because that'd be interesting because you could pick up some absolute randoms like Public Enemy. Super Rushmore. <laughs> the Super Rushmore. So that'd be, um, that'd be fine to see how that works out. And um, yeah, I think that's it. And I guess it's just do what you do. Yeah. Um, so that's the last of the ECW product. So, you know, as, as we just talked about, there's more to do, more, more to talk about. Um, and te- there's still technically more to this journey in a roundabout yeah, way. So, well, you know, as we discussed on air last week, you know, we've we've got the one night stands that I think, especially the first one that I think takes on a very different feel for us. Probably knowing, you know, looking at the list of people who came out for the FBI in 2005, watching that, I didn't know who any of them were. Um, I didn't know why they were there, but but now, you know, JT Smith held a very special place in our heart and. You know, various other things. So I think that, that all of it is going to be watched, you know, again, almost 20 years afterwards as well. 
um, it's going to be an interesting one to watch because of, of where we stand in this, in this journey the now. Ex extreme reunion shows that Shane Lovitz did. You've got the hardcore justice that TNAs did. Even a little bit of, like you said, Smoky Mountain, MLWs. There's a natural sort of transition. There's, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, so we'll, we'll continue to pop up on your feed with, with all of it. But, you know, next week's going to be fun because trying to reflect on where we started this journey with Eastern Championship Wrestling and what we walked in on, I think, on some of this. Um, I was reflecting, listening to this show, watching this, watching this pay-per-view. Um, there was almost a point there where the Sandman was the first champion we were introduced to in, in ECW and then the last champion we saw on TV. Um, oh, it was a minute. Which was, yeah. which was freaky. But, you know, the Sandman, the, the reaction in the archives of us seeing him as the surfer dude for the very first time, watching Peaches yeah. become Laurie, who we kind of knew from, you know, the Raven angle, but didn't know anything much about and Tiger yeah. and all the rest of it. There's, there's so much for us to kind of track back and, and, and you know, understand. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, this, this feels like a sad part of the journey just because we set out to do this and we've now done it. But I think next week's going to be a really interesting one to pull it apart and reflect back on episode one all the way to 401 with all the pay-per-view specials and ECW on TNN in between. No, amazing stuff. Can we get your little RVD line on there? I can, yeah. Just like Rob Band himself, that was the old fucking ECW run. 